When I first began meditation, I really used to believe that starting the journey on your own and being isolated could really help you flourish on your spiritual journey. In a way, beginning to meditate is isolating (laughs) because for the first time, you're just surrendering to your suffering so that you can touch the seeds of joy within you. But the more that I went on in my journey, the more that I realized all of us are interconnected. My suffering is your suffering. Your suffering is my suffering. Your joy is my joy. Your laughter is my laughter. And there's really no need to live this life and experience this beautiful journey on our own. I have to practice what it means to be a loving, good human in all of my connections, all of my relationships. So with that said, I'm so excited to be talking about love. Love has become such a prominent central theme of my life and it's completely transformed the way that I live, the way that I connect with the world, the way that I connect with my work and my colleagues and my friends. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Journey with Joy podcast. Welcome to February. I didn't plan to do this episode on love in February, but I guess that it is the month of love, so (laughs) it's pretty fitting. As I said, love is a central theme of my life and it's completely transformed the way that I live, the way that I interact with the world, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I got very lucky in that last week I attended a beautiful talk by a Buddhist monk from Plum Village, and his name is Brother Fap Hugh. He gave us a beautiful lecture on love. So I wanted to share some of his wisdom with you. In Buddhism, they have this belief that bodhicitta is the flame of love. Bodhicitta is what inspires us to want to cultivate love, and it's a seed that's supposedly in each and every one of us. And once this seed is touched deeply, it has amazing potential to create joy in our life, in the lives of those around us. Brother Fapp was talking about the four immeasurable or infinite minds of true love. These are the four principles that I've noticed have began to very naturally come to the center of my life. So I wanted to talk about what they are with you because I feel that they really have the potential to transform our daily interactions. We interact with so many people on a daily basis, with loved ones, with family, with friends, with strangers, and our words, our thoughts, our actions, even the way that we look at somebody can be felt. And because of that, it's really important to begin to cultivate 
this mind of love in all of our interactions so that we can offer the world more peace and happiness and in turn that can also offer us peace and happiness. First in Buddhism they believe that being kind to ourselves is what we have to first learn. Coming home after a long day and dismissing our suffering is clearly not kind to ourself. But coming home, taking care of yourself every day, showing up for yourself with care, we have to learn to do this before we can care for others. It's like that saying, you have to learn to love yourself before you can learn to love somebody else. And it's simply true because if we can't touch the seeds of happiness and kindness within ourself, how do we know how to spread it to those around us? So when we begin to practice loving kindness, it is the practice of taking care of ourselves. And once we start to cultivate more and more of this, we'll be able to happily rest in our love and touch the seeds of bodhicitta, the mind of love within us. And through this, it can transform our suffering. And also, then we can spread this love to others. So all of our interactions are coming from this place of loving kindness. Showing up with loving kindness to others and to ourselves means not inflicting suffering. When you show up to somebody, how are you presenting yourself, even with body language? When you look at them, are you looking at them through the eyes of love and kindness? Or are you looking at them as if you want something from them, as if something's lacking, as if you're judging them? These are things to gently notice in your day-to-day life. Don't underestimate the power of a kind action and just being the presence for another human being. There is the first mind of love, is this loving kindness. As long as this loving kindness and this deep love for yourself and those you interact with is incessant in you, then you will be able to offer goodness and happiness to those around you. But anytime you notice that there's anger at the core of your interactions or jealousy or guilt, this is going to create suffering inevitably. Because if you can't feel that love that's incessant in you, then you will not be able to offer it freely to others. The second kind of love that Brother Fap talked about is compassion. Being compassionate is a gift that the world needs today. In my opinion, I think this lack of compassion and this misunderstanding between people is kind of what is creating and fueling all this chaos and discrimination, social issues, environmental issues around the world today. When Brother Fapp was talking, he said that This compassion comes from an understanding of wanting to make sure that we suffer less 
and those around us suffer less. Anytime there's been compassion, deep compassion in any of my relationships, this is what helped them thrive. Because there can be joy and freedom, but if there isn't this deep desire to want to care for that person and want to be there for them, then ultimately that relationship will not last. In this talk that I attended, he talked about how this deep listening and non-judgment is at the core of our compassion. This applies to a friendship of mine in particular that pretty much flourished instantaneously (laughs) because, first of all, we were just very open to being ourselves, but there was so much non-judgment in our relationship that was just felt right away. I was going through a really hard time a couple years ago, and I'm not somebody I would say that very easily gets help or at least in the past, I don't always feel inclined to reach out to loved ones when I'm going through a hard time. But I had no choice because I was in such a tough state to reach out to this close, close friend of mine and just let her know I'm going through a really hard time. And this friend offered so much compassion to me in that Anytime she noticed I, would, I was sad, she would give me a hug and say, don't worry, I'll come over, we don't have to talk about it, you can just talk to me and I'll listen and I'll be there. And every time she would do this, I would just feel this compassionate energy so strong. I think it really comes down to this art of deep listening and being able to be there for people not to offer advice, not to find a point of relatability, but to just be there is something that will break all boundaries of fear and help that person suffer less. I think that relationship in that period of time really taught me the power of compassion. And then from there, I was just able to offer compassion so freely to myself and to others that it was almost instinctual, you know? Like, if someone is suffering, you're going to take their hand and give them a hug and be there to deeply listen to them. And I think as long as this mind of love is strongly incessant in you, then all of your relationships are going to flourish. It's also very important to say that you have to accept yourself with compassion in order to be able to offer that compassion to other people. And I know, again, this is obvious, but when you're feeling off inside, you're not going to be able to offer good energy to others. It's like you can't pour from an empty glass. They have this saying in Buddhism that without mud, there's no lotus. In this metaphor, the mud is our suffering and the lotus is our happiness and our ability to flourish and to make good out of our suffering. So every time that we suffer, if we can practice 
seeing this suffering and choosing to accept it and embrace it with love, then that suffering will naturally transform into something happy and powerful and we'll know from there how to be able to offer that awesome compassion to other people. Every time they suffer, we'll actually be able to help them suffer less. We'll know how to do that from our own experience. Another thing in this lecture was that sometimes our intentions are good and we want to offer this deep compassion to the person in front of us. But there are going to be times where we don't feel in our heart that we have the capacity or the space to embrace the suffering. We might not have the space for that that day or in general, and there is nothing wrong with fierce compassion, which is basically just setting boundaries and telling this person in front of you, you're causing me a lot of suffering right now. Sometimes offering that deep compassion to yourself helps that person break free, and sometimes that's just what we need to do. Moving on to the third kind of love, which is joy. I think this should be the theme of all of our relationships. If there is a relationship that feels more unhappy than happy, or if there's a lot of crying and a lot of tears, you have to ask yourself, why, how did it get this way? Because love from a genuine place within us is supposed to feel free. It's not supposed to feel difficult. It's supposed to be easy to be loved and to be able to offer love. And if it's not easy, maybe it's because we need healing within our hearts. Maybe it's because this relationship holds a lot of heaviness that hasn't been addressed. But when I think of the times that I've felt most alive in my life, it was when I was with the people I love and I was surrounded by joy. <laughs> Whether that was the power of a good conversation over a really awesome, amazing dinner, or it was swimming in the sea amongst loved ones, or watching the stars or a sunset, just this deep understanding that you're happy and you want the person next to you to be happy. This joy and happiness should just be there naturally in all of our interactions. We should offer this freedom and this happiness easily to ourselves and to that person in front of us. We should have gratitude for this person and want to see them thrive, celebrate them when they do great things, and just celebrate them every day, every time that we see them. Love should feel strong and powerful, but it should also feel free. This element, I would have to say, is probably one of the most powerful because if we can bring joy into every interaction, imagine how that changes people's day. We have so many interactions in our day. Sometimes I don't think we really realize. Like we pass so many people on the street 
even a smile has the potential to just make somebody feel that much more calm. We don't realize the power of our energy and how much good it can offer people. We should never underestimate the power of offering happiness to somebody, even if it's in the simplest way possible. Every single day, we can choose what seeds to water, what kind of flower we want to grow that day. If we wake up in the morning and we're kind of rude to our roommate because we didn't sleep that much, our roommate is going to have an off day. She's going to be fueling the seeds of anger throughout her day. So every interaction she has, she's going to be communicating with people, fueling those seeds of anger. But if I wake up that day, I didn't sleep that well, and I see my roommate, and I breathe deep, and I acknowledge that something is hurting in me that day. I take the time to transform that suffering. And then when my roommate comes down the stairs, I say, hey, I made you some pancakes. Like, I I hope you have an awesome day today. And I really love you, man. And then our roommate is going to communicate with people. She's going to communicate with colleagues, with people. She might even smile at a stranger. Think about this chain reaction. The more we offer happiness in our daily interactions, the more that that happiness is going to spread. And that's exactly what we want to offer the world. The last mind of love that Brother Fab talked about in his lecture was inclusiveness. This is just being open, inclusive, without boundaries to the people in our life. Offering love freely, including people, and being there. We all act like we're separate beings, like we have our own little lives, but we are so interconnected and we have to realize that we are very emotional beings. If I suffer, I'm going to offer suffering. If I'm happy, I'm going to offer happiness. If somebody else is sad, I'm going to feel sad with them. We have to break these boundaries that we're separate and that we need to do things on our own and take care of others and let others take care of us. Back in the fall of last year, I was going through a little bit of a rough patch just for a little period of time where I felt like I really needed to be on my own. This is usually a little pattern I fall into (laughs) when things get overwhelming. I feel a need to do my own thing, not open up, and kind of close off. And I remember people would try to go out with me and I wouldn't really want to go because I just felt like I didn't have the space Most of the time, I feel so connected to love and so interconnected to everything that I really have a hard time when these difficult moments come because I feel a need to separate. And I obviously want to connect and I want to feel connected to everything and feel in love with life, but it doesn't happen. So I feel kind of isolated and frustrated. So I would just 
you know, kind of neglect the love that was around me. So my mom said something to me that really hit my heart because I knew that it was so true. And she said something around, you do this a lot. Whenever you become afraid of your suffering or that something is too much for you, you push away the people you love. And she said that you need to let people be there for you. This just hit my heart so strong because I knew it was so true. Every time I'm afraid of suffering, I kind of feel like I have to push away love and do it on my own because I'm scared that I'll offer that suffering to others. And it hit me because I really did realize I don't need to do this on my own. I have to be mindful of my pride and just break down these boundaries that I'm an individual person. Like there's so many people that I love and that love me and I don't need to do this journey on my own. So when I was listening to Brother Fapp's talk, I think he said something that was pretty much the same experience as mine and this just really helped me feel calm because I realized even somebody that's been practicing Buddhism for many years can experience the same things. We are all interconnected and we can help each other suffer less and I think that's the beautiful thing about life is that we can all be here for each other. So that is all I had to say about the four minds of love. Some knowledge I've learned from this lecture with Brother Fapp. And I'm so lucky that I got to have a conversation with him at the end and ask him some questions because indirectly he has really helped me through his meditations on Plum Village and really helped me and my mom together so I'm so grateful and I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast on love because I love love and it's at the center of everything I do so I hope that it can inspire you to act from a place of love and to offer love to yourself so thank you so much friends thank you for being here and I will talk to you soon bye